Welcome to Real Weddings with Sarah. I'm Sarah Kennedy from Irish Wedding Blog, one of Ireland's leading sources for wedding inspiration, advice and support. Real Weddings with Sarah brings you an inside snoop of some of Ireland's best-loved personalities and celebrity weddings. Join me as I indulge on all of the wedding goss. Today's episode is all about wedding jewellery, from engagement to that all-important ring that seals the deal when you say I do. This episode is brought to you by Fields the Jewellers, who I have had the pleasure of working with over the last year. They are so unbelievably focused on weddings and have been looking after couples for so many years. I'll be joined by Cathy de Stafford, who created a beautiful collection with the team in Fields, and of course, Rachel, who is a fountain of knowledge. She heads up the buying team and she is a complete mastermind topic on all things bridal jewellery because she is the person behind choosing exactly what you see when you walk in store. So stay tuned. You're going to hear from Kathy first, then Rachel. Without further ado, I'm delighted to introduce you all to Cathy de Stafford. Cathy is one of Ireland's most renowned bridal designers with boutiques in both Dublin and Tipperary. She's collaborated with Fields the Jeweller to create a beautiful collection of engagement rings, wedding bands and bridal jewellery. And she joins me today to discuss what makes the perfect wedding piece. Cathy, you're so welcome. Sarah, thank you so, so much for inviting me to this podcast. My very first one. I'm so excited. <laughs> I feel we're getting the exclusive, so this is perfect. <laughs> Cathy, before we start, can you tell us a little bit about you and your role and your talent and, of course, to Stafford Bridal? Now, I'm very familiar with you. As, um, as we were just discussing, I had some of your dresses for when I was styling with Expose, so I'm very familiar with what you have, but can you can you share some light, shed some light on, on everything you do? Uh, thank you, Sarah. Well, as I was saying, I'm a bit of a dinosaur on technology, so forgive me for that. But I also feel like a bit of a dinosaur in bridal. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> I started way, way back in uh, the mid 80s. Now, design was always a passion for, uh, for me. When I was only three, mom walked into the living room and found that I'd cut up some of the curtains and had managed to actually thread the needle. And when she questioned, said, Kathy, what are you doing? Said, I'm making a dress for my doll. So it started off way, way back. Mom's convinced I was here before as a dressmaker of some sort. My neighbor at the time gave me little offcuts of fabric and I'd make clothes for dolls. And then my little sister, when she was born, it became a hobby and then an absolute passion. As a teenager, I'd save up all of my money and buy vintage clothes and take them apart and learn how they were made. And by the time I was 12, I had my first sewing machine, learned how to do patterns from neighbours and then decided way back in the early 80s to switch careers. I was actually doing business and law in different places and I decided to go into my passion, which was design. At the time, my mom said to me, what are you doing that for? Getting up a good job and everything. But I followed my dream and thank God I did. And it started way back, little place in South William Street with two little attic rooms. And then it grew from that. My first love was evening wear. And I was very, very lucky that a collection I did got noticed. I was doing an afternoon tea set in the Westbury Hotel that they did at the time. And a journalist was there interviewing somebody else. And she saw the collection and did a write-up. 
So thank you, the Evening Herald, all those years ago. Of course, yeah. That started. That collection was then noticed by the Miss Ireland people. And they got me to work with the Miss Ireland dresses for years. And I was very lucky that it built up a big collection. And I had first and second in the Miss World contest. Wow. Rosanna was my first oh, yeah, no and she was my second. So it started off from that. The first shop was 1990. My clients started getting married, so the need for bridal came. And that and then was my... something that you said, right, I'm going to start bridal. That was somebody coming to you saying, Kathy, will you do my dress for me for my wedding? Exactly. Wow. And it started to build up. And then what became really obvious from a, an early point in my career was that my mix of evening wear and bridal was a little bit different. And I kind of hit a gap in the market there. And that's what I love. My first love was evening wear, and now it's gone into bridal, and now bridal's my love. And I'm very much into shaping. I work very much with how the person is, what their body is like, and shape around their body. And I love my fabrics and exclusive silks and things so I'm very lucky over the last 30 years it's built up into two shops we've been brilliant my team and I we've been so so lucky at being nominated and winning a number of awards mm -hmm. and in the beginning it was just me and then slowly but surely I was able to afford to get more staff and thank god I have fantastic help now and a wonderful wonderful team so I'm really lucky yeah, they're, and they are such a lovely team. When you walk in, everybody's just so friendly. And as well, with, with the bridal as well, you have your own your own designs. Um, and, you know, obviously, if somebody comes to you, you curate a look for them. But you also stock then some other leading brands as well on, on site. Isn't uh, that right? Yes. No, some interesting news for you. In my Nina shop, we do. In my Dublin shop, what actually happened over the last two or three years, when I initially started off, it was just my label. And then... We took in other labels just to give more of a range for people. But in the last three to four years, we were finding out that my own collection was outselling the bought-in ones wow. in Wicklow Street. So we've concentrated completely now on my own collection. So we've sold off and we're selling off the remaining bought-in samples there. And it's 100% De Stafford Bridal made in Ireland wow. now, Isn't which is, is brilliant. It's, it's fantastic. Like, again, I'm so lucky. I have the most amazing team that work with me on this. But it's great to be able to bring everything back to Irish made. I know. To me, there's such a lack so of it. There's yeah. such a lack for the, for the country and the scale of weddings that we do. It never ceases to amaze me how, mm -hmm. how you know, how little we have in terms yeah. of in, in terms of bridal wear that's born and bred in Irish. You know, so so it is it's that's fantastic news. Congratulations yeah. on that. Oh, thank you. That's a big, a big accolade. It's, but you know what? During the COVID time in the beginning, I found that just being worried, I was very, very lucky. Any dresses I needed for girls, I made sure I had them well in time because mm -hmm. I'm a total control freak when yeah. it comes to anything like that. But then it dawned on me, what if something like this continues? I'd much rather have control of everything myself. So as the fact we were expanding our own range anyway, this even made more sense. Like if nine of the Stafford bridal dresses were selling to every one bought in dress, what was the point? What was the point? Exactly. Yeah, it was just taking they, they up just rent. Weren't, they just don't come to you for that. They come for Kathy. That's what they. That's what people want. Oh, do you know what's so so lovely? Um, I'm getting. We get so many recommendations. Like we have say one family where there was five girls and we're on girl four and then we get the bridesmaids and then we get the cousins because I hardly ever advertised I haven't really advertised for years yeah. but what's happening now is 
girls who were flower girls at the beginning when I started. They're coming full circle. (laughs) (laughs) See, it pays to stick around, doesn't it? (laughs) But it's lovely. I'm so, so, so lucky. We get fantastic clients, really fantastic clients. And it's like they go out of their way to bring us in business, which is just so nice. It is. Really? And it's and it's a really nice position to be in. So so yeah. then from there, so you you this brilliant vision and I've seen so many of your of, of your dresses, your bespoke dresses. And they're just they're so nice. I kind of feel like I'm starting to know when I see a Kathy de Stafford dress. Uh, I'm starting to see you. that. I'm starting to see it. Um, but so so how did this so how did this transition over into bridal jewelry design happen? Like, where did yeah. that come from? How does something like that happen? I think I I think I kind of woke up one morning and all the stars aligned and it was my lucky lucky day it came completely out of the blue way back in summer 2017 I had an email come in from Fields asking for a meeting so I said fine great no problem because I was used to getting emails like from different businesses and normally what would happen was they would want to come in and maybe borrow dresses for a photo shoot. Of course. If they yeah. were doing a catalogue. Yeah. or So that's what I thought was happening. So then all these lovely people came to see me and I was thinking, gosh, there's like three or four of them. That's a lot for wanting to borrow some wedding dresses. <laughs> so I said, so you okay, had the whole board of directors <laughs> land <me> in. <laughs> no pressure. Tell me about the, uh, what dresses do you want to borrow? They were looking at me, what? No, that's not why we want to talk to you. We're wondering if he would like to work with us on a collaboration for wedding or bridal jewellery and particular engagement rings. Honestly, Sarah, you couldn't pick me up off the floor. (laughs) (laughs) I really couldn't believe it. But I was just gobsmacked, I suppose was the words. But again, in a way, like I've always loved jewellery. And anytime I get a few minutes for lunch, like years ago, and especially when I was starting, I would sort of wander down and look at the jewellery shops and Fields is actually one of my favourites because I love so the way close the windows go in. Yes. And I love the fact too that they're Irish, you know, yes. because there's so few of us. I know. And, so and, and, came, and proper born and bred. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, like it was a real honour. And I've had so many brides in the past come in with their rings. So I don't, I always ask for where to get us. That's beautiful. And the, the amount of times feels was mentioned. So yeah. I was absolutely thrilled. Now I had done a little bit myself on, on designing jewelry, but only a little bit, just like for special occasions for like my wedding anniversary, my lovely husband would say, okay, let's save up and let's get something special. And on holiday, I would design a little kind of a pendant and we'd go into a local jeweler. So we did that for special occasions. So I was, I did a little bit like that in the past and for friends. So it came from there and we met, I met the lovely team then in 2017 and we worked together for a couple of months. I did some initial sketches. We talked through the whole plan and concept and I came up with different ideas so it's been pardon the pun marriage made in heaven there you go <laughs> and I'm and, really having such fun with it I really am yeah. and in terms of like because like you're starting from like a complete blank canvas here right yeah. and this and it's very difficult to not get influenced by what you see in mm. in, in jewelry everywhere because you know there's there's all these things there's there's so much but where, so like, what do. was the vision? Yeah. Where did you draw inspiration for that collection? No, I 
was thinking really strongly about it when they came to see me. And then I thought, what about your dresses? The way I, when I meet my clients for a consultation, we sit down and we chat. And within a very short space of time, I get to know their likes and their dislikes and their personalities and their wishes for what they want in their dream dress. So then I started, okay, if I sort of take the different elements from all of the weddings that we've done, I think I've probably done close to 20,000 at this stage. Easily. Yeah, easily. What categories does it fall into? And then I was thinking, okay, a lot of girls, everybody loves sparkle. Everybody loves bling. So I wanted to focus as much on that as possible. So I wanted to do sort of classic rings, wow factor rings, dramatic rings, something that would be arranged that everybody could find something that they might fall in love with. And that's why I broke them up into different categories where there would be like a really dramatic wedding dress that I have, say like my iris. So I've mixed that with a, a beautiful three-stone ring with iris, which just glistens and sparkles. And then my more dramatic dresses, like my overskirt. So my bigger, more striking dresses, I wanted more bling on the ring. Yeah. Slick pave shoulders. And then I brought it down to more subtle for elegant and timeless and classic, like solitaires. And then very beautiful rings. I love the fact that you're looking at this ring on the, your finger for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So it has to mean an awful lot to you too. It, it's part of you that goes into it. Like you've got to feel really, really, really happy when you choose it. So again, from talking to a lot of my brides and seeing what's happening, what seemed to me at the moment then was still the sort of Art Deco styling, slightly vintage styling. Yeah. It just lasts. It just is timeless. So I concentrated a lot on that, doing the different categories and breaking up the different rings into different styles around my dresses. So we've had great fun naming rings after dresses and after like the personality of dresses. too. And it's such a lovely connection back because I think, you know, if you can think of the dress, can you see yourself with that style ring? It kind of they they work so nicely together. And and like if you were to kind of kind of pinpoint an overall look of that of your entire collection, like, would you feel that it is a lot more vintage inspired as, as a total? Because yeah, I, I always find that I really see that that when I go by fields and look, I've been to so many of the stores now, but um, you really see Kathy de Stafford's collection in the window. It really is. It, it, it really stands out as something very, very mm. different. Uh, thank you so much for saying that, Tara. That is exactly what I was trying to achieve with my dresses. I want them not that you look at them and 30 years from now you look at the photograph and go, oh, I can date it just to there. I love things to be timeless and classic. And I think rings from that era, especially the Art Deco time, they just last. Yeah. Like you, you'll see that they, they just are not faddish. They're, they're timeless. They're classic. I do have some other slightly different rings, like the big solitaire, etc. But I love this sort of vintage-inspired it just never interesting. Really, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Talking point. Mm, and and Kathy, tell me about this. Like, what do you feel are those key considerations when a bride is trying to select her own ring? Um, I know for myself, I had an idea in my head and I, you know, um, I talk about to Rachel about this later on. But, you know, I had an idea in my head. I was going for, you know, the big solitaire, whatever, put it on my finger and it just didn't look right. And so I ended up going for more like that vintage cluster. 
and that mm-hmm. you know and and that because it, it worked better on my finger the look and feel like do yeah. you have in terms of design and I suppose more like even emotional connection what are yeah. the important things when a bride is thinking about you know whether it's the engagement ring or the bridal jewelry you know those significant pieces mm-hmm. I think first of all go with your heart Mm-hmm. This is a ring you're going to be wearing for the rest of your life. You have to, it has to sort of spark joy within you. You have to feel good with it. Secondly, certainly it's important to look at your hand shape, look at your finger shape. If you've long, elegant fingers, then the purse shape can be beautiful. Mm-hmm. The marquee setting can be beautiful. If you have very petite fingers, then a little solitaire or a small oval can be gorgeous. If you have like longer fingers, but slightly thicker. Again, I'd be inclined to go for something very elegant, something not too chunky that's going to emphasize that, something very long. Again, like a long oval or the pear drop, mm-hmm. so those sort of shapes. But above all, you have to connect to that ring. I find with wedding rings and engagement rings, it's a lot more than just a piece of metal and a piece of carbon. It's, it's an emotional tug on your heart. On my, well, my 21st birthday, my grandmother gave me her wedding ring, which I still have today. And it was her most precious piece of jewellery and she wanted me to have it. And every single day I wear it. And to oh. me, that's what a ring should be. It, it yeah. becomes it's part an of it. Yeah, it's exactly. an Does it and mean so much to, to you, to your husband, to your family? And it's something that you don't want to be getting sick of because it's, because it's not it because of the significance of it it's not like it's something that you can you know you'll want to change because yeah it's if you if you change it it comes away from originally what it was and the significance and the memory of that yeah. moment that you got that ring so it is it's it's such there's so much emotion tied to it and it really is that oh, thing of this is something that can be passed down to generations you know it very, is that mindset you're, you're so right even like with a lot of my brides um, when they're coming in for their final collection, sometimes they'll bring a ring that belonged to their grandmother or great-grandmother. And sometimes like it wouldn't fit their fingers. So what we actually do is we make a little pillowcase and we sew it into the dress in a little mini pillowcase oh, on my label. And it's just, it means so much to them. That's like it really, really does. Yeah. So that's why rings, wedding rings and engagement rings are so important. They are part of you. They become part of your history. So very, very, very special. And Cathy, thank you so much for your time. That's a lovely note for us to finish up on. If brides (laughs) want to see your bridal wear collections, they can visit to staffordbridal.ie. And of course, they can just get in touch with yourself and the team if they want to go down the route of getting something designed specifically for them. And of course, the full jewellery collection is available in every store in Fields, but you can also view it on fields.ie. I hope I'm right with that one. <laughs> so I'm sure I am. I'm sure I am. But Cathy, thank you so much for your time. I, I could talk to you all day. Your stories are amazing. I think I'm, I can't wait for the book to come out. <laughs> thank you, Sarah. Thank you. Now for part two. So right now I am joined by Rachel, who is a very, very important member of the buying team at Fields. Rachel has the almost impossible yet very important task of sourcing those key pieces that you see when you go by the window. And they are going to live on couples' hands for all eternity, for their whole entire life. So it's so important 
that uh, Rachel gets her job bang on to precision. A huge responsibility, but no better woman for the job. Rachel, you're so welcome. Thank you very much. So can you tell me a little bit, because this job is fascinating and I'm sure like for so many, they're sitting there going, oh, my God, you get to do that job. You get to pick mm. buy yeah. all of this jewellery. Can you tell us a little bit about your role? Um, well, it's I'm doing it a long time now. This is my 30th year with wow. Fields. So I started off like just buying the nearly everything in fields the bridal the giftware the watches the silver the gold and then recently I've taken over the buying for our sister company in the UK as well but I don't do the watches anymore so it's just the bridal and the gold areas I'm doing now and that's yeah, nice. it's interesting yeah no it's good I do miss the watches in a way but um it's uh it's a lot of work so in one way I'm glad it probably has been you know reduced a little bit but um it is. It's interesting. There's something different all the time. Um, I love jewellery. I've always loved jewellery. So, you know, look, you know, that that wasn't that was a no brainer, you know, to to do it. Um, a lot of traveling. We travel to the Far East, to mm-hmm. India, to Hong Kong, to Bangkok. Um, early part of the year, we go to Italy, which is mainly a gold trip. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a lot. It's busy. I have a great team with me, you know, that can help me with all the selections when we get samples in and basically you know we go to the shows choose the samples they arrive in the office we select from all of the samples that I've chosen and put the range together from there and, so, yeah. and, and have you found that you know over your time that you know the, the particular tastes of a couple have changed no <laughs> believe it that in the short answer no I think everybody, it, it's a traditional buy, you know, so it depends on the person. And even like you would think as time goes on, things change. But actually, it's like things go around in a circle. Yeah, you know, they always, I find that for weddings. Yeah, same you know, with bridal gowns. Yeah, yeah it, just, it just always comes back. You might start off, you know, and everybody is crazy about white gold and then they decide to go yellow gold. And it, it, it just, it just, it's like a circle. So, yeah, no matter what, it's nearly always the same. And t- and tell me this. So we just heard from Kathy de Stafford, and obviously she's a really important part of your of mm-hmm. your collection, having designed yeah. and and like design plays a huge huge part. Mm. And and I know that's particularly when you're going on those those trips and trying to yeah. find the you know what you want to stock. It's all about you know design. But what should couples consider from a design perspective when they want to look at you know what's going to sit on their hands? You know, what, what, what's your key advice there around yeah, design? See, I, that's a difficult question because I think everybody is different. And nearly nine out of 10 times people come into a store with something in their mind. I want a solitaire. I know that's what I want. But when they put it on, it may look nothing on the hand, depending on the size of the hand, the length of the finger. And they could just go completely for something different. So you've got to really come in. I mean, you can come in with what you, you know, you think you want, but you've got to try on like a lot of the product just really to see. But inevitably, a lot of people do change their mind when they actually come in. So I don't think there's any like, you know, design per se to say for somebody to come in. I think it's all. It's all in the fit. It is all in the fit, really, when they come in, because you you wouldn't believe something that you really would think is going to suit one person doesn't suit the next person. 
Yeah, because I I had in my head, I wanted that that single solitaire. But when I put yeah. it on my finger, it just didn't look right. And I ended up going for a cluster and it looks fantastic. Exactly. So, it, you know, and, yeah. you know, cluster is not for everyone, but it just looked so right on my hand. It's what my yeah. hand needed. So it kind of, you know, it, it I completely appreciate where you're coming yeah. from insofar as, you know, design is one thing and you might have a design, but it's all about really it's always it's, it's all about it's the fish. About what's, what's yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Are very, very popular. You know, they because are, you, yeah. Yeah, you get a big show for the dough, as I always say. You know, you really I do. I love that you know line because yeah. <laughs> you do, because you've <laughs> you it do. all broken down into little yeah, pieces, exactly. just dominating you your finger. A hundred percent. Well, look, let's let's take it back to the start a little bit here. So if if I think about, you know, a couple, they've just got married, that they've just got engaged. They are very excited. And in a lot of cases, some will very bravely go out and pick the ring and say that's the ring. But majority I'm seeing now in today's age, they give a promise ring. And I know that feels yeah. you have a good collection yeah. of promise rings and then they yeah. come and shop together. Yeah. So, you know, what do couples need to consider as they begin that engagement ring shopping process? What's what, what's the starting point? I suppose they probably need to think of their budget, you know, really. You know, there's no point in having, an, you know, an aspiration to have something fabulously huge you know what I mean and not really be able to you know have the budget to go along with it like our, sometimes our promise rings are so you know the solitaire in the promise ring is so big that to get the equivalent of that in the real thing is just mad that's what I learned you know? so, yeah. <laughs> yeah so really um I think in, you do have to think of budget before you you know you look and I think a lot of people do a lot of research I don't believe someone just you know appears on a weekend and decides to you know, go into a shop and buy there. And then I think they have been out for weeks beforehand, looking in windows and getting ideas. Or so even looking on social media for inspiration media and Pinterest. Or, yeah, yeah celebra- what celebrities, sometimes that's an influence. I don't know. But like, I think, you know, the groundwork is really, you know, in your mind to know exactly what you can afford so that you're not disappointed for the aspirational looks, you know? So yeah, I think of course, basically that would be it. And how does an appointment work? Is it something like, because I know some you have to, you know, book in advance, like with fields, how does the appointment process I think, work? Well, to be honest, I'm not really, I think, I know they it worked a lot better probably during lockdown because, you know, that we had to do it that way. But um, I think basically it's just a phone call to whichever store is closer to you and yeah. um, just make the appointment and, and come in and meet one of the girls and have a look through the range. I don't think it's anything difficult. I think they're quite open and there's probably a lot of you know movement and time wise and that for people so yeah I would just ring the, the shop that you're most closest to if that's what you want like we've got a big range our Grafton Street's a big range our Dundrum shop would have a big range yeah. you you know so it's yeah they're kind of like your flagships that have yeah. the, the, the biggest amount of stock we'll yeah. say yeah yeah and and tell me this this was something that came up before and I've been in and out of your store and I've done um, the Q&A's and everything and I just I really feel it's so important to to, to talk about this a lot of questions that come in um, from brides in particular about, you know, is there a difference between white gold and platinum? And because they see white gold is significantly cheaper, depending on the stone, obviously. But, um, you know, can you talk us through, though, you know, that 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 the whole metal side of it and um, and the difference between white gold and platinum, just so people can understand that? Well, platinum is much rarer. And it's a denser metal, so it's quite heavy. Eighteen carat white gold would have a lot of alloy in it, you know, to make up the the process. In platinum, 
an awful lot of platinum is needed to make the ring, whereas less gold is, is needed to make the 18 karat gold ring. I think it's a, it is a more expensive. It's actually tighter in supply, which is why, you know, we wouldn't have a lot of it, but we can always special order it. But it, it is tighter to, to get it because it's not mined in a lot of places. So that's why it's quite rare. The look of it, the difference I would say is white gold is really shiny. You think of a, a chrome bumper on a car, really, really shiny and bright. Yeah. The platinum is more satin finish. The, the patina is sort of a satin cooler sort of finish. So it's it's really a matter of choice. Obviously, it's more expensive than the white gold. It's softer, even though it's a hard metal, it's softer. So it scratches quite easily. So the maintenance is just a polish up every now and again. Now, polishing is fine. It brings it back to new and you yes. don't lose any of the metal when you're polishing. In gold, the white gold will, the rhodium that is finished on the white gold fades a bit and you need to get that re-rhodiumed every few years and it brings it back brand new. So it's really a matter of choice, a matter of your budget, you know, and what you like to the look of best. That's the difference, really. And I suppose from 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 also to to layer on to that, you've got the situation where if you've got the white gold, you, you might have regular re-rhodium plating and that costs yeah. every time you do that. Yeah. So actually yeah. the lifetime of the ring ends up being more expensive than the platinum. Yeah. So you're almost do, better off going yeah. for platinum. Well, I, you can, I think, go in as far as I know now feels is does that like free of charge, you know, the maintenance of the ring to come in. If you bought it, you can go in for re-rhodiumed, you know, rhodium plating. Yeah. So I think, you know, they, they will look after you in the stores. Okay, that's that's really, really good to know. So look, metal aside, what are the other considerations that would affect cost when it comes to buying an engagement ring? Well, probably what we call the four C's, which be your cut, your colour, your carrot weight and your clarity of the stone. So okay. those four features do affect the price. Your carrot weight, as you go up the carrot weights, like 15, 20, 25, 30, that all brings the price up. Okay. Your cut, uh, like your solitaire would be your brilliant cut. So there's a lot of facets and a lot of work being cut to cut that stone perfectly. So that'll always cost a lot more money. And so like... the like, you know, the way there's like all these DC celebrities with all these random cuts of a ring. Yeah. So would that make that because it's a more of it's it's I suppose it's it's a more tailored cut of a ring. Would that make that more expensive? Would it would okay. like depending on, you know, like, you know, you were getting an emerald cut. It has to be very, very clear in color and clarity so that it looks like a level of a swimming pool you may as well say or a mirror yeah. you know what I mean so you're going to call, spend a lot of money on that your pear shape or your oval they're all more expensive because of the work that's put into all the cuts and the facets so all of that sort of figures into your price definitely okay. you know the color of the stone yeah has to be nice and clear and bright you know so all of them factors into the price of the ring OK, amazing. And um, if we flash forward now, so we've got the engagement ring, we've secured that. We're all happy with that. If we flash forward now to the wedding ring side of it. So both the couple are going to be mm. looking at this. What's the normal timeline for that couple should start thinking about getting their? Well, they should think of it a, a, God, a good few weeks before their date, because in fields, if they choose a diamond set wedding ring, if the size is there, perfect. But you can talk. You're you could be talking eight to ten weeks 
for a special order, okay. especially if they want to change the metal or they want to put an, an add a stone in or, you know, or it's a particular size that we wouldn't stop if it was outside the parameters. You're talking eight to 10 weeks. If it's a plain wedding ring, it can be two weeks because we can size a lot of plain weds. So yeah. no matter what you choose, you can get it done in, you know, a week in, in the low in our workshop within fields so it all depends on the style of the ring so you're taught you're you're outside your 10 weeks as you're outside so you really do yeah. need to give yourself a chance and just to get it off your list as well oh, because yeah, it's definitely. one of those things that what if you definitely. don't find something you want you kind of want to give yourself yeah. enough time so you know it's done yeah. it's dusted and we don't have yeah. to worry about it yeah and as well as that like I think people forget that the wedding ring is really important because you have it for life Mm -hmm. I think everyone thinks the cake is important. The music is important. The photographer is important. But that all goes in the day. I know. But the wedding ring is for life. And I see from the, I don't, I just give me that because, you know, I, it's just the wedding ring and he doesn't really want to wear X, Y, Z. Or but you, it's really actually it's the, the most, only symbolism you have left the of the symbol, day. And yeah. it's the only thing you've left off the day. So yeah. people never think of that when they when they're going in for they think it's just one 100%. of the extras. I know, and I'm even looking Almost. now at the at the thirty weeks pregnant, and the only thing surviving on my finger is my wedding band, yeah. the engagement ring, eternity but, rings. Yeah, no, yeah, it's yeah. literally just yeah. that. Yeah, so you have no, to pick a good do, one. Yeah, people do forget that they definitely do that. Yeah. It is the most important part of the day, not the cake, not the dress, not the. You I know. know, and and this is it. I see so many people that really look to try and undercut on this, and I'm like, yes. but you wear it every day. You watch your hands the reality is you're not once you get by that kind of you know the the honeymoon period with your ring you forget to take it off when you're washing your hands you are hand sanitizers everything so it has to be right because the engagement ring i think you should take off now and again you know you should look after it especially if it has a lot of stones yeah you know you you shouldn't be digging the garden with it which (laughs) a lot of people do you know you need to take it off when you're doing sort of manual chores I think and look after it like the yeah. way you know because it is a precious thing you should look after it but you're right with the wedding ring it's a bit more hardy and you can and it is the one thing you probably wear like look at my mother she wear the wedding ring and she's only put her engagement ring on when she's going out exactly. you know so yeah that type of thing and I'm yeah. saying myself really with my diamond rings I only wear them when I'm going out I don't wear yeah. them every day or anything like that I know I know and now I would normally wear my engagement ring every day because it just I don't know for me it just feels so part of my my hands now yeah, it just feels yeah. unusual to not have yeah. it so actually Rachel a really really important one is that obviously you get your engagement ring you know the year out before you get you get married but then yeah. on comes the wedding how do you shine up your your wedding ring for the day you go into fields ring? well if, if you if you're able to go into fields they'll do the whole lot for you they'll you know they'll shine it up they'll give it a polish and put it into the ultrasonic make the sparkle of the stones shine bright everything you can if you can't get into a shop a little bit of fairy liquid works wonders Absolutely, yeah. yeah it's really good we also sell a brilliant um stick in the in the, the in dazzle stick stores called the dazzle stick and yeah, it's, it's brilliant brilliant yeah i've and used I it find that, yeah it's brilliant that and there's also a jewelry cleaner but i think the dazzle stick is brilliant for the diamonds it's so handy yeah and you could do it like literally just before the photographer takes oh, it yeah. to take oh, the yeah. picture. It's you can brilliant. just yeah. give it a once over and it's, yeah. and it's, and I it's always done. I in my handbag. I remember going into, I was in a, a bar one night. And someone thought, it looks like a lipstick. Or it a, does, it like yeah, a like a lip gloss. Yeah. A lip gloss, yeah. And uh, I was doing everyone's in the bathroom of the bar, like Stop. while we were in there. <laughs> 
love that. <laughs> I'll have to keep an eye out for you, Rachel, yeah. uh, next time I'm out. Um, one of the other big things, of course, is um, that I get asked an awful lot is really around gifting for the bridal party. Do you have any good ideas for um, for what a bride and groom can get for the bridal party? For guys, we find cufflinks always brilliant. Yeah. Uh, pocket watches have become quite popular. And they're so lovely, aren't they? They're yes. just such a nice piece. Mm. And our little secret wallet, that's been quite good. So that's good for guys. Um, for, for girls, you can't go wrong with earrings, small little pendants, little light bracelets. And we because we sort of do a lot of volume for that type of thing, we carry some good quantities so if you have three bridesmaids you'll always yeah, get three you get a match and you can take it that day yeah you know you can get exactly you know so yeah here mostly silver silver is probably the most affordable and yeah. there's a lot of lovely designs in the silver jewelry yeah. and so, especially yeah. when you are buying by three you know it is exactly it can it's be a big expensive piece. yeah so rather so than the costume like, jewelry yeah exactly so you get some nice little small earrings and pendant to match or just the earrings on their own or the little bracelet but mostly i find silver brilliant for all bridesmaids gifts yeah no i completely agree and actually thinking of cost and bearing cost in mind um over at fields you've let me know that you have a fantastic club called the privilege club yes and i believe it's free to sign up oh yeah and but there's like i was reading the discounts so you get 10 percent off all purchases um for designer and silver jewelry giftware watches and wedding rings So 10% yeah. off is, is meaty it's enough. Good. Yeah, it is really good, good when yeah. you're buying a batch and your wed- and your, your wedding ring. But yeah. what they also have as well as the 15% off your full price engagement rings, eternity rings, diamonds, yellow gold, yeah. white gold, the works. That's amazing. And that's it for is. doing nothing. Yeah, it's brilliant. It really is good. And as you say, it's free to join. I mean, you can just what you can just go rock up to any of the stores and say, can I be on your privilege card? You don't generally you don't have to be in there to buy anything. You can literally yeah. just rock up and join and join. It's, it's and then you can use that then to get your engagement use ring it, and everything. Exactly. And use it for your bridesmaids gift, your wedding rings and you have it forever. You know, that so it's is, great. And that's a significant saving. Yeah. Like 15% off your engagement ring. That is not to be sniffed. It is, that it, is, it really, is very really good, good, especially if you're if you're spending a lot yeah definitely yeah it is brilliant good. and you can sign up for that as well on fields.ie i believe and I also yeah. you can find all the giftware there and get an idea of um of some of the stock that you have in advance yeah. of your wedding bands your engagement rings and everything like that rachel thank you so much for your wisdom today you're very welcome so insightful and it's just i you know it's one of those areas that you can never learn enough there's all these layers it's just to learn. There's always, always something, something to learn, to learn. <laughs> every day is a school day so yeah, I really good. appreciate your time on no that problem. it was really really good and um and yeah huge thank you to the fields team for supporting this particular podcast thanks for listening to real weddings with Sarah thanks to producer Ruth Devaney voiceover extraordinaire Phil Cawley and Pink Champagne Wedding Band for our Cool Finds jingle. Join me next week where we will be chatting to another top guest to get the scoop about their wedding day and married life. Until then, you can find me at Irish Wedding Blog on social media channels. 